Well, welcome to the Monster and Sea Go Because You Can broadcast. Mike Ferry along with Troy Nebaker. And uh, Troy, it's getting nicer out. You looking forward to getting on the water? And it is getting nicer, yes. I'm look, actually looking forward to peeling off the wetsuit and getting to uh, yes. shorts on the top, please. That's always a magical moment. See you later, booties, and oh. get, get, get rid of that. Yeah. And t- today, you know, we, we, we've been doing this a little bit. We, we've had some, we do some in the car because it's an actual great mobile studio believe it or not, if you're ever going to record something. Uh, last time we did one, we were with our friend Mark on the floor of the Pocock Rowing Center, where our butts were really cold. That concrete was chilly. Yeah. yeah, and uh, today we're on the shores of Lake Sammamish. And this might, I don't know if anything's going to top our setting for this. This is, uh, this is pretty stunning. We've got, uh, we're sitting on the dock, got the, the ripples in the water, the white clouds in the sky, and... Uh, Pretty much, I'm, I'm trying to res- restrain myself from jumping in. <laughs> Me too. We don't have boards and we don't have the wetsuits, so it'd be kind of cool, right? I know. It'd be all right. Maybe yeah. we'll take a picture of that later. <laughs> well, what brings us here is uh, I'm always fascinated by the fact that we all intersect lives with different people as we go. And sometimes, actually a majority of the time, you, you really don't know what's going on in someone's life. You just don't. You just assume. You assume everything's okay, but you just don't know. And that just seems to be a common occurrence. And it has kind of led us here to a friend, Julie Height. And Julie's a friend of mine. I met her years ago <laughs> in town. And you are an athlete, I would say, first and foremost, a family person and a cancer survivor. How do you do it all, <laughs> I should say? Wow, good question. I always feel like the family and the athlete are the main who I am, what I am, and the cancer just kind of came along and I felt very surreal from the minute that I was given the diagnosis from the doctor and he had tears in his eyes giving me the diagnosis and I just felt like, really, me? Because I don't have time for this. (laughs) I love that part that I don't have time for this. That is, uh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So it still seems surreal. I know I went through it. I know I still have some of the aches and pains from the radiation treatment, but I still, it's really interesting bringing it back up and meeting you guys and talking about it because I, I kind of pushed it away and got through it and and then here I am today talking about it again. I'm like, oh, yeah, that did happen in my life. Right. Yeah. It, it, it seems like when things like this happen, maybe the outside world wants to push them under a rug. And did you have that feeling when you were, when you were diagnosed? Like, you, you talk about the, I don't have time for this. Is, is it, was, was it something that you were like, just go away, but you knew then you had to deal with it? Definitely. Like, when they told me that I was going to have seven weeks of radiation treatment and... I have no time for this. Where am I going to fit this into my schedule? I'm going to babysit my niece and nephew in Ottawa. And then I run every day. How am I going to have time to go over to the hospital? I need to work. And everything that we do in our daily lives. And you want me to come every, well, five days a week to the hospital to do this radiation treatment. And first and foremost, I was always a runner. But then um, I do cycle. So I decided that I would just ride my bike over to the Evergreen Hospital and get the early morning appointments so I could be back in time to go to work. And I also told the doctors that I had a 50K trail race over at the Gorge Waterfalls that 
I needed to do, and that was in March, so that would be in the middle of my treatment, and nobody ever said, no, you can't do that. They all just listened to me, and maybe they were thinking in the back of their minds, yeah, we'll just see when the time comes if you really go do it, but I, I took it on as... I'm just going to get through this. And I actually really embraced that I had to get up every morning and ride my bike. And some of the girls that I met there, because you end up being with the same people, would, how do you do this? They're so tired. And I think I, I would have been tired and I wouldn't be able to do it if I wasn't getting up in the morning and the endorphins of riding my bike. And even in the, even in the nasty, rainy weather, which it really was in February. Oh, so you, so you, you commuted to Evergreen and just for... For people who aren't familiar with the local the local setup, that that's not that's not like a fifteen minute commute. It was thirteen miles each way. Right. Yeah. Right. And and then let's go back a little bit to February. So February in the Pacific Northwest is a uh, is a <laughs> is a cauldron of mess, basically. It was. It was raining. Sometimes I think it was even like snow. It was really cold. By the end, I had the right gear. In the beginning, I was. <laughs> I did have Gore-Tex by the end, and I'd get there, and I'd be soaking wet and strip off the outside layer, and then coming home, it didn't matter because I ended up at home, and I could jump in a hot shower. But, yeah, I got there dripping wet. So how do you, how do you think the, the athlete mindset helped you to deal with sort of the, the treatment side of things? I really did just kind of take it as a challenge. I felt like I was in training. And then, and then, like, from the construction worker that I saw every morning and waving me by, in my mind, I was thinking, yeah, here I go. And I was feeling like I was training for a race. Or, and I'd get into the front doors of Evergreen Hospital, and the volunteers would watch my bike for me. And, and it, I really was embracing the whole thing of feeling, feeling more like an athlete and not feeling like I was in cancer treatment. That's awesome. I, I know uh, when Troy and I both look to the water for refuge, we go out there, and I know I've lost uh, deep, deep in thought many times on these waters where we're, we're sitting. I'm, I'm sure you've done the same. Definitely. <laughs> where did you go in your mind on those rides? I mean, there's a lot to, to keep track of when you're commuting and cars and getting to Evergreen, like we talked about, is not around the corner, but... Did you, did you kind of dive deep into thought into where you were going, what you are going to be experiencing in, in, a, in a treatment regimen on that day? But where, where, did you, where did your mind go? Was that fuel to, to get you through when you were alone on your bike? Definitely. I feel like when I'm biking or when I'm running, um, I hope everybody has some kind of a higher power. I definitely feel like I do. And so I was always feeling that and... I was raised to say God, but I know whatever people want to call their higher power, I definitely was all the time that a father figure that was there for me and mm-hmm. um, and cheering me on, and that's kind of where I go whenever I'm running, whenever I'm biking. I just have that sense of um, my faith. Right. Definitely. And yeah, I think you have to have faith to get through anything in life. Whatever mm-hmm. your faith is, you have to have something that helps you to get through it. For sure. All right. Go ahead, Trey. I was going to say, how, um, so you talk about faith and sport. And how did, um, how did like, your family and your community 
um, because like with, with Monster C and this, a lot of the stuff that we talk about is, um, is you need all those elements. How, how, did, how, did your, how did your family play into this? I didn't really want to burden my family with it or my friends. And then, and I didn't even really tell, um, like I posted something on Facebook the day I finished treatment that shared what I had been going through because I didn't really want anyone to know what I was going through. I was just going to get through it. But um, that was like, but people that were closer here, like my boyfriend Bill, he definitely got up every morning and made coffee. He never makes me coffee ever. So I got that for seven <laughs> weeks. It was awesome. <laughs> and he didn't stay in bed. He did get up early and see me off. And, um, and coworkers for sure. They, they knew, but I think everybody kind of knows too. For me, I, um, I don't really like to be the center of attention. So I, I would share if people asked me about something, but I didn't, sh I didn't really come out and share what was going on until it was over. And then Facebook was a great way of saying, yeah, I did it. Right. Wow. Yeah. It's interesting because we, uh, our last, uh, our last guest was, was Mark, Mark Stefferson and he went through treatment and, um, it's, it's really, um, it's a very personal thing on how, how much you want to share and how much you want to talk and how much you want to do things. Um, for him, he was talking about how sort of lonely the cancer experience is and was. Um, and, and he, he like blurted it out to hope, you know, to, to get some comfort. And, you know, your way of dealing was like, you know, I don't even want to talk about it until it's done. And uh, it's, it's really interesting to see how different people deal with it. I think, too, for me, the people that I met through going through treatment, that's who I was getting comfort from because it was new relationships, whether it be the doctors or the nurses or the other girls that were going through it that I'd meet every morning um, in the treatment. Those were kind of the ones that, that were helping me get through it because we were in it together and they understood. Yeah. You know, Mark, Mark talked about taking the stairs for his treatment and how he absolutely refused. He had, a, I think it was the fourth floor yep. he, for going to chemo. He absolutely refused to take the elevator because maybe at that point, if he did, cancer had won. Did that enter the mindset at all? Like, you, like cancer, you might do this. You might call on me and bother the hell out of me at this moment, but you're not going to dictate this narrative of my life. Definitely, because I was not... I was never going to take my car. I was going to ride my bike no matter how nasty the weather was. And it was really nasty sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that was me fighting against the cancer that, no, I'm doing this. And even running that 50K, it was really interesting because Bill had me on some kind of a tracking thing. And I didn't know how far I'd be able to make it through that 50K. And I was in the middle of my treatment when I did it. And every... So he was... He was able to watch, and when I went through different aid stations, if I didn't keep going or if he couldn't meet me, then he'd know that's how far I was going to get. And I didn't know going into the race if I was going to finish either, but I think that carried me through that race too because, no, I'm, I'm doing this. Cancer's not going to win. I'm going to do this. And I actually ended up having a really great race. Can you, can you for, for people who may not know, can you talk a little bit more about what it takes to do a 50K? 
for me, it's really fun. So, it, so I, don't, I don't think I'm the norm. I don't think I'm one that should really describe it because I always feel like I've always played really hard in life and I don't really train, I just play hard. Hmm. I've been told I'm uncoachable because <laughs> I don't want to follow a program, I just want to play hard. So for me, I feel like I can go do it because it's so much fun. Mm -hmm. But for other people, I think more the norm is it's you got to train a lot and do a lot of running before you go do it. I just have never been that way. I've never just like to play way. hard and then I'll go do a race for fun. And then that was in the middle of your treatment? That was in the middle of the treatment though, yes. So I wasn't sure what my body was going to do then. So I've never run a 50k. Uh, I've done, done a few marathons attached to the back ends of triathlons and things like that. And Running training just by itself is, um, is a mindset. And it's, it, it, it takes a certain kind of focus. And that, uh, um, it seems like the, that ability to focus on a, a specific task, like I'm gonna start this, I'm gonna step to the line, and then, you know what, I'm gonna do everything I can to get to the end. And do you think that that, that played a big role in, in the uh, success of treatment? Yes, probably. So in a way, with the cancer thing, that was, I was coached. I was coachable, I think, because I did what I had to do. I did follow the program. So I guess I was coachable for those seven weeks, yes. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I had the right mindset to get through it. Uh, my wife, Wendy, just did the, the 24 with us, and that's a pretty grueling deal, mental mindset, like you talk about getting over stuff. And she's kind of bopped right through it. And I was like, how'd you do that? She goes, compared to that other stuff I've been through with breast cancer, that was nothing. It, it, did, did everything you go through now change your approach to going out and riding 50 miles or going out and doing a 50K? Because, like, I, I've dealt with whatever you want to hand me. This is nothing? Yeah, I guess so. And I never really thought of it that way. But, yes, I guess that is what I'm doing now is... You totally feel invincible when you've been through that. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, I've never thought of it that way. Like, <laughs> yeah. like you know, now, it's like, ah, whatever. Toss, you know, toss whatever my way. That's, I yeah, got yeah, this. I, I, I got this. I can take yes. it. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I know I was really surprised uh, when you told me everything you're going through. Like, I, I couldn't believe it. What did your friends and family members think of you, you know you hear the c word and everybody's like oh no oh goodness gracious but you're you know not not for you what 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 was their feedback were people encouraging or did they say you're crazy or how, <laughs> what did you get from friends and family that's a good one too because i think like i have two adult children and i with them i think I don't really think they were really afraid because they know that their mom is just a survivor and she's going to get through it. So I never really sensed the fear from them mm -hmm. because I feel like, yeah, they just kind of thought, okay, this is another thing mom has to go through. And I think it was, it was surreal for all of us that it was even right. happening. Definitely, I feel like it was surreal. And then I have a brand new group of friends who I met one year after I was in treatment, the spin group, and 
they, I reposted the memory on Facebook and some of them thought, what? They thought I had just gone through the treatment and said, no, it was a reposted memory from a year before. Somebody had said something about it, so it showed back up in my feed. And um, I think my treatment, going through it all and going through cancer with those friends in my life, my experience would have been a lot different because now I have all these really close friends that I've just recently met in the last three years and this was or what, yeah, and this was four years ago. But, um, so I, I kind of felt alone in it and then got new relationships through the people that were going through it with me. And then my family's in Canada, so I didn't really have them. I could kind of hide it from them as well (laughs) and just do my thing and I'm okay. So it was different and definitely... Being able to push my body the way that I do, that's what helped me to get through it. That's fantastic. Yeah. It's super, super inspiring to hear. Um, for, for, for somebody who, isn't, who doesn't have sort of that athlete background or that athlete mindset, what are some things that you can offer up to them as a way to, um, a way to get after it, a way to you know, not let like we talked about, not let cancer dictate the conversation. I definitely think just just even if it's moving and getting out there and doing something, whatever it is that you enjoy doing, so keeping a positive mind of all the good things that are going on in your life and so that you get out of the focus of, of that, you can kind of, yes, cancer, I know you're there. I hear you, but I'm going to live my life. And then, and go through the treatment feeling that way too. Yet, yes, I'm going to go through this treatment, but I'm going to win. So I get just having that positive mindset to get through it and to be doing something or definitely associating. If it's not, if you're not an active person, then being around anything that's positive that can help you get through something that's not so positive in your life. Yeah, that's. A, I mean, that's a great way to. Uh combat that that self-talk you know yeah. because I think it is really easy to get into that that downward spiral you know because cancer does have a way of dictating everything in your in your life when you hear, when you hear that word and uh, being positive being encouraging not only to others but also to yourself you know being able to kind of lift yourself out of that that spin is an important thing Definitely being positive in anything in life helps you get through the... We, we were talking to Mark, and I think from all the friends we know, from your personal experience, from just life in general, I, you'd probably get tired of hearing me say this, Troy, but we're, we're all one crappy phone call away from the doctor from a life-changing mm-hmm. deal. And th- those things are earth-shattering at the moment. I know when my wife was diagnosed and she told me, like you said earlier, it was surreal. Like, really? What the hell is going on here? When, when you had to solidify your approach, when wrap your head around it mentally and then say, I'm riding my bike. I'm doing this my way. How long did that take? What, what, because <laughs> sometimes, sometimes if you just go home and get underneath the blanket, I admit it. Sometimes I deal with a little bit of depression. I do it. I'll get underneath the blanket. I just, I just want to sleep this one off. You know, what was that like with that initial time? And then, you know what I mean? It's like you get knocked down, but how fast are you going to get up? And what are you going to do when you get up? 
Yeah, well, my initial was, okay, so Evergreen Hospital, I have to go all the way over there. I need to get my run in. How am I going to do this? I'll go running at Bridal Trails Park, and then before my treatment, and then I'll have my treatment, and then I'll drive back, because I wasn't thinking the bike at all. I was just thinking. So my mind totally went to how am I going to keep living my life, not as I have to do this cancer treatment, how am I going to keep doing what I do? And it, it was pretty quick. And then I, and I think I pretty quickly decided, okay, I'm just going to ride my bike every day because that'll conquer that because I'm one that has to do some kind of activity every morning before I right. am cooped up for the rest <laughs> of the day to keep my positive mindset. So, yeah, it wasn't long. I turned it around really quickly. How am I going to do this? And people like you make me realize you cannot hang out underneath the cover and it's going to go away. you got to attack, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Man, I want to put on running shoes right now. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't run in a while. <laughs> it's fantastic. Dang. So what, what about now? How, how do you go about life now? Is it, is it different? It doesn't seem like you... Doesn't sound like you lost any perspective on things, but do you, I remember Mark, our friend, talked about the birds and just just savoring things a little more. Do do you you don't seem you don't seem like someone that didn't savor life. So is there any change in perspective now that you get up every day and everything you've been through? I definitely think that I fear a little bit. I have that fear in me now mm-hmm. that that something can happen not just for myself, but for my loved ones, that every day is precious. And definitely, I've always lived my life that I want to be active and live it to the most, but I have that anxiety or fear sure. that when, it, when you're not feeling great, something, it could be bigger, or when you hear from your family that they're not feeling great, and it could just be a simple little thing, but I definitely, there's that fear engraved. Yeah. Oh, for sure. That's hard to push away, and that's probably why I still run and bike, is I push that fear away while I'm running. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's a, that's a fear that encompasses everybody, not, you know, not only the person going through it, but families. I mean, I know, you know, when, you know, if Angie sneezes funny, I'm like, oh, yeah, is that a, you need to go see the doctor right now, because that sounded like a funny sneeze, you know, so there is a... You're kind of welcome to the club in that you know in that regard, um, and I, I sort of I think the same way to attack that fear is what what you've already talked about is like okay that's not going to rule me, and uh, I'm going to push that down and push that aside. And we try we try and do that with you know encouraging people to get out and go because that is the best way to combat that. You know, stay away from the fear. That's that's no fun. If you were given a medal for surviving breast cancer, and then you have all these other medals from 50Ks and races and things you've done, what would be what, what would go on top? And then if you had to basically order them, would, would being a survivor be the top thing for you, or that you did this to get to that other spot? No, because I still think that I feel a being a survivor is just this little this little step in my life like I don't it was just another fun adventure for me I went through this fun adventure and I 
so it's kind of the same as the other ones. It was just another challenge that I had. To, you know. I'm blown away. She said it was a fun adventure. I know, right? Yeah, it, I know, right? It, did. it ended up being fun. Riding my bike there every day really did end up being really fun. Yeah. So I know that uh, there's a lot of fatigue that comes with chemo, mm. and it's, it's uh, compounded. So, you know, you're, I didn't do chemo. Oh, you didn't? So you just no, did radiation? I did radiation. Okay. I was very lucky. I think that's also why I, it still seems surreal that I even, because to me that's just a whole huge step. Right. I'm right. nothing like what those people went right. through. Well, I mean, even, even with radiation, there's, there's kind of a compound effect with that stuff. It's well, like, there's stabbing. It feels like somebody's stabbing you yeah. sometimes. And I think that goes on forever. Yeah. That's the knife stab. But that's nothing. To me, I totally feel like I'm um, the ones that went through the chemo. That's huge. My story would be way different if I had gone through that. Like I yeah. um, really respect those people, and I know their story is their story's huge. Yeah. I feel like mine's just a little story compared to theirs. You know, I I think that the that there's there's. There's some things to be able to learn from that too, um, you know, with the cumulative effect of the, the, the tires that go along with chemo. Not, you know, not to mention all the other stuff, but being able to, you know, get up, get going, even if it's a walk around the block. You know, I think you, you know right. people can learn from your your drive to be like, you know, what I'm going to ride every day, and applying that same. Uh, that same lesson to whatever their situation is, and like you know what, I'm not going to lay under the blanket. I'm going to, I'm going to get up and walk the dogs. Yeah. You know, if that if that's if that's the thing that gets them moving, um, it's yeah, it's important. But you know, the cancer is sort of cancer. It, yeah. It's it, it's terrifying no matter how you say it. It is. It is. You never think it's going to be you, and it's a lot easier to care for somebody else that has it, I think. Except I'd rather take it on than my family take it on. Absolutely. But it's, yeah. I also want to be the one that's the caregiver. Yeah. That's not getting the care. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, when you're not, I mean, when you're not used to uh, um, being cared for, how do, you, uh, how, how do you sort of deal with that? Because I know People talk about um, if I if I admit that I need help, I'm weak. You know, and there, a lot of people really struggle with the idea of I don't want to be a charity case or I don't want to in, admit that I have this. Um, how how would you how would you talk people through that? That's a tough one because I'm totally somebody that. I don't, I don't want to be taken care of. I like to take care of other people. So that is a tough one. But they have to take it. Yeah. Yeah, they just have to take it. Yeah. But I know that would be really hard for a lot of people that are more the caregivers. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's, yeah. uh, um, you know, it's, it's sort of a, you know, the more, the more people we talk to and the more, um, you know, the more people we learn from, the I think fear sort of fear sort of dictates that conversation of uh, I don't um, I don't want to be a charity case. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, um, people, are, people are busy looking for ways to help. And they, they want to understand how to help. They just don't know how. And um, for, for the folks that are like, oh, I don't want to be a charity case, is, is there anything that you can offer them to say, you know what, there, there is a point in time where you kind of come to the end of yourself, and it's okay. Yeah, and you have to take it, even if you are. And you, the people that want to help you really want to help you, so for, they, they need to be given the permission to take care of you, too. You have to embrace it. Yeah. Even though it's difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like that the, some, of the, some of your relationships, when you kind of said, okay, I, I, need, I need a little help here and there, uh, do you feel like that that strengthened your relationships? Definitely, because you see who you, you definitely find out who your real friends are. <laughs> yeah. 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 Isn't that the truth? Yeah. So you definitely, you need to open yourself up to it, but it's hard. For a lot of people, I'm sure. Some people embrace being cared for, and some people want to kind of shut themselves out and take care of themselves. I tend to be one that kind of want to take care of myself. I'm okay, I got this. But I don't think that's the right way to approach it. I think letting people take care of you is probably a better way to approach it. I I know it's, uh, when I look at my paddleboard and... I look at that, and that's my psychologist office, my peaceful place. I can't wait to get out on it. And I know it's it's not a human being with a heart, but I do think cycling and bikes kind of have a soul to them. Each, each bike, I mean, they're put together. It used to be a bike mechanic years ago. Yeah. The way they're put together, the way they function, how they flow. Uh, you've done some bike control. You you know it's very specific to the person. You got to have your stuff. When you look at your bike. Because I know you like taking care of yourself. And I know this is a weird question. But did your bike take care of you? And do you kind of have that connection with it? Absolutely. I, that's, why I have, that's why I have a whole bunch of bikes. Because I can attach to all of them and I don't want to give them up. So absolutely. It was my happy place. And yeah, it was my therapist, my everything to have that bike. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and they're free. Well, actually, you buy them, but you don't have to pay them like a you know regular fee yeah. to go see. Yeah, them. you don't pay. They're them. my family. That's yeah. why I say that about my bikes. They're my family. Like, I, if a bike stolen, that would be. Right. I did have a bike stolen. It was horrible because it's your family. Right. I don't want a replacement. I want that one because that's my family. There's a lot of memories that come on those. Exactly. Right. Yeah. A lot of miles. A lot of conversation. Exactly. I I had a pair of flip flops that got me through the summer that Wendy went through everything and they kind of started to tear and I got to send them back and get them fixed. It just, they were like, as, as bizarre as it sounds, it was a comfort shoe. I was like, I need those things <laughs> to come back. You know, when you go through stuff, you just kind of look at things differently, right? Absolutely. And I definitely <laughs> emotionally attached to things, not just people, but things. Yeah. 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 Those, those, those things are, those things are key. Like the, the, there's some, there's some stuff where you're like, oh, that got me through. Right. And then there's other stuff where you're like, oh, I got to get rid of that. True. <laughs> right. You know, I, I can't, I can't keep that around. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting how, how stuff, um, has sort of that, either that positive or that negative, you know, 
like certain, you know, a certain shirt. Yep. You'd be like, oh, I love that it's comforting. And then you can go through something and look at that, and then maybe that's the only thing you wore, and you're like, oh, I gotta, yeah, I gotta get rid of that thing. <laughs> yeah. So what's next on your docket as far as what you're training for and what, you, what are you getting ready? Obviously, you're just embracing life and doing what you love every day. You're going to do a big race coming up. I mean, it seems like you always got something uh, on the schedule, don't you? Everything's put on hold right now because my daughter's having a baby. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's an event in itself. So, yes. <laughs> yeah, we're not sure when. I, was, I wanted to go mountain biking in Moab in May, but... Nope, she's not giving me the green light to go. I need to stay close just in yeah. case that call comes in. That's congratulations. Thanks. That's, Absolutely that's congratulations. Terrific. Yeah, finally having a, a grandbaby, wow. grandbaby boy. Well, he'll have a lot to learn from you. I, I know that, that's for sure. And Absolutely. he definitely has someone to go biking with, you know. I've already got the trailer to pull him behind me. <laughs> that's what we saw on the driveway. I love that. Yeah. I love it. Start him young. Exactly. Well, we certainly have enjoyed just getting a moment. I, 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 I was really looking forward to, again, getting to know somebody that I know much, much better. And I, I told Troy about you, and I was excited just to, to come here and hear a little bit more of your story. And I know just sitting here, Troy, I'm inspired. Super inspired. I know I'm, you know, I, between our wives and Julie and Mark, people that we've met, I have no excuse to get underneath the blanket when you think of what is going on. You just can't, you know? Yeah, no way. I, I've got no excuse to hide. Naps are good. Naps are great. <laughs> Take them for the right reason, for yeah. sure. So hopefully uh, the weather breaks here soon. Race season's picking up for the uh, paddle boards and OCs and prones and everything else. And uh, will you come out on the water with us I'm at some point? I'm definitely going to come out. On, <laughs> I have some paddle boards here, but I still need to get that the good paddle board and right. you guys inspired me that I definitely <laughs> want to get involved with your paddle boarding group oh. we'll get you out there and get some other friends out there doing it with us I've wanted to do it the last couple of years but I something's been going on I've been in Canada or whatever the, the weekend that it happens but I will definitely get involved this year I'm excited too right and you have it's kind of like the pit stop right now on Lake Sammamish for us we can meet and then we'll tell Julie, we'll meet you, and then we go. Anytime. Anytime the dock is open, come bring your boards. I was going to say, we'll just roll, roll up right here and say, hey, it's time, come it's time to go. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. Well, thanks, Julie. I, I know, Troy, this is uh, what we're talking about is go because you can. If there's someone that embodies that, there's this lady we got the honor to sit with today. Oh, without question. I talk about laying out a, a positive roadmap for that. It's, it's been super inspiring. Thank you for the morning. Thank you. Thank you, Julie. Thank you, Troy. Always good to see you. For Troy Nebiger, I'm Mike Ferrari. We're out. <laughs>